We're on a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. To the bat poles. May the force be with you. Who is that mask? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. Before we begin today's discussion, here is some genre-related news. Production has started on Denis Villeneuve's Dune Part 2, slated for a November 2023 release. The film is shooting on location in Budapest, Abu Dhabi, Jordan, and Italy. The returning cast is headlined by Timothy Chalamet as Paul Atreides. He will once again be joined by Zendaya, Rebecca Ferguson, Javier Bardem, Josh Brolin, Stellan Skarsgård, Dave Bautista, Charlotte Rampling, and Stephen McKinley Henderson. Additions include Austin Butler as Fade Rautha, Christopher Walken as the Padishah Emperor Shaddam IV, and Florence Pugh as Princess Irulan. Dune Part 1 was nominated for 10 Oscars, including Best Picture, and won the Academy Awards for Score, Sound, Editing, Cinematography, Production Design, and Visual Effects. All of Villeneuve's Oscar-winning crafts team is returning for Part 2. Villeneuve said earlier this year about returning for the sequel, The thing that helps us right now is that it's the first time I've revisited a universe, so I'm working with the same crew. Everybody knows what to do. We know what it will look like. The movie will be more challenging, but we know where we are stepping. And the screenplay is written, so I feel confident. Frankly, the only big unknown for me right now is the pandemic. Amalgam Comics in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the first comic shop owned by a black woman on the East Coast, will be closing in the fall. The shop's owner, Ariel R. Johnson, announced the decision via Amalgam's Instagram page after nearly seven years in business. Johnson said the strain brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic was insurmountable. Located in Philadelphia, the store has been embraced by the local community and visited by famous guests from out of state. Johnson spoke often about promoting inclusivity instead of token diversity and worked to create a welcoming community at her shop. She says that Amalgam will host special events as it wraps up business, celebrating its tenure and providing, I quote, a certain wanting population with chocolate chip cookies and banana chocolate chip bread, Wookiee cookies, and we'll bust out our famous Uncle Iroh green tea treats, unquote. She adds that should the opportunity arise, she hopes to reopen the store because she believes places like Amalgam need to exist, places of joy and renewal, spaces of community and rest. The final day of operation is anticipated to be October 15th. 
It was reported last week that The Wheel of Time, based on the popular book series by Robert Jordan, has been renewed for season three, this ahead of its season two premiere on Amazon Prime. And For All Mankind has been renewed for season four on Apple TV. New trailers dropped this week for a number of projects, including, but not limited to, Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, The Sandman, Black Adam, Season 3 of Star Trek Lower Decks, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, and Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. You can check them out on one of the Fantastic Forum social media pages. And while you're there, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook. We like to be followed and we love to be liked. Game of Thrones House of the Dragon debuts August 21st on HBO Max. Shazam! Fury of the Gods opens domestically December 21st. The Sandman debuts August 4th on Netflix. Black Adam opens in theaters October 21st. Star Trek Lower Decks returns to Paramount Plus for its third season August 25th. She-Hulk Attorney at Law premieres August 17th on Disney Plus. And Black Panther Wakanda Forever opens in theaters on November 11th. The 2022 Will Eisner Comic Industry Awards were presented last week at San Diego Comic-Con. Fantagraphics won the most awards of any publisher at this year's ceremony. And 12 creators were inducted into the Will, Ni Will Eisner Comics Awards Hall of Fame. You can view a complete list of the winners on one of the aforementioned Fantastic Forum social media pages. Some recent anniversaries as Paul Verhoeven's RoboCop opened in theaters 35 years ago on July 17, 1987. NASA's Apollo 11 achieved the first manned lunar landing 53 years ago on July 20, 1969. Stargate SG-1 aired its first episode 25 years ago on July 27, 1997. And the motion picture based on the ABD, ABC TV series Batman, starring Adam West and Burt Ward, opened in theaters 56 years ago on July 30, 1966. Russia has announced plans to discontinue its partnership with NASA at the International Space Station and pull out after 2024. The ISS is a collaboration among the US, Russia, Japan, Canada, and the European Space Agency and is divided into two sections, the Russian orbital section and the US orbital section. Both sections are dependent upon one another as the Russian segment needs the electricity from the American section and the American side needs the propulsion systems that are on the Russian side. Launched in 2000, the ISS has orbited 227 nautical miles above Earth with more than 200 astronauts from 19 different countries having spent time aboard, representing a continuous human presence in space. In a statement, NASA Administrator Bill Nelson said that the agency is committed to the safe operation of the International Space Station through 2030 in cooperation with its partners. 
Nelson added that NASA has not been made aware of decisions from any of the partners, though it is continuing to build future capabilities to assure a major U.S. presence in low Earth orbit. NASA had announced earlier this year that after 2030, the ISS would be deorbited and crashed into a remote part of the Pacific Ocean. Commercially operated space platforms are expected to replace the ISS as a venue for collaboration and scientific research. Otakon is this weekend at the Washington, well, excuse me, the Walter E. Washington Convention Center in Washington, D.C. The annual convention highlights Asian pop culture and its fandom. The con runs through Sunday. You can get more information via the website otakon.com. That's O-T-A-K-O-N.com. We're saddened to learn of the passing of British actor David Warner on July 24th. He was well-known to genre audiences for his extensive work in numerous sci-fi and horror films, as well as live-action and animated TV series. He was 80 years old. And artist Paul Coker Jr. passed away on July 23rd. Coker was well-known for his illustrations in Mad Magazine, as well as his character designs for Rankin-Bass animated holiday TV specials. He was 93. Jordan Peele's horror mystery sci-fi thriller Nope overtook Thor Love and Thunder as the number one movie at last weekend's domestic box office. Among the final summer releases is the animated DC League of Super Pets, which opened yesterday. Today we're talking about some of the news come out of last weekend's Comic-Con International and more, but first, here is the official spoiler-free FF review of DC League of Super Pets. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. DC League of Super Pets is another triumph for Warner Brothers Animation, where many recent DCEU movies have frequently been heavily criticized by fans and critics alike in comparison with Marvel. Warner Animation projects have been the general exception. Consistently high quality and with stories adapted from the comic book source material, the animated entries have been well received. DC League of Super Pets, despite being aimed at a younger audience, is a charming movie with lots of comedy, action, romance, and even some sentimental moments to tug at your heartstrings. Overall, it is a very satisfying and enjoyable movie-going experience. Crypto the Superdog has been a constant companion to the Man of Steel. Like most dogs, he views Superman as his best friend. The two are inseparable. However, Crypto begins to feel insecure and jealous as he sees the hero's relationship with girlfriend Lois Lane becoming more committed. When Superman and the Justice League are captured, the dog from Krypton recruits a team of super-powered shelter animals to rescue his master and the other heroes before their captor can destroy them and free Superman's greatest enemy, Lex Luthor. The voice actors are all outstanding, beginning with Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Crypto. Kevin Hart co-stars as Ace the Bat-Hound. Both stars have had experience with animated features. The script from screenwriters Jared Stern and John Whittington offers some wonderful material with which the voice actors are able to work. 
Johnson delivers what I felt was a surprisingly nuanced performance as the voice of the Dog of Steel. And Hart, who seems incapable of turning in a poor performance, delivers his usual solid work. I note that he has done animated animal work recently in The Secret Life of Pets and its sequel, The Secret Life of Pets 2. The rest of the cast is rounded out by Vanessa Bayer, Natasha Leone, Diego Luna, John Krasinski, Mark Marone, Kate McKinnon, Keanu Reeves, Dasha Polanco, Jermaine Clement, David Diggs, John Early, Jamila Jamil, Olivia Wilde, and David Pressman. These 3D computer animated features just keep looking better and better thanks to the army of artistic technicians who work on them. Kudos to co-directors Jared Stern and Sam Levine. And it is a great looking picture, from the character design to the animation and everything in between. There's also some substance to the entire affair. This movie makes some surprisingly important statements about relationships, about being secure in the relationships we have, trusting the ones we love, and being able to forgive them when they disappoint us, and about being able to rise to the occasion when circumstances demand, as well as finding value in ourselves when we feel most vulnerable. Some valuable messages for audiences both young and old. The film also promotes adoption of shelter pets. Aside from his appearances in Superman the Animated Series and the recent Titan streaming series, I haven't seen much of Crypto outside of the comics. But the character is one of Superman's longest standing allies. It was fun to see the Superdog in action here as the protagonist. The producers take some liberties with his origin, opting to have puppy Crypto leap into the rocket with baby Kal-El at the last second over the original. The comic book storyline had Jor-El using Crypto as a guinea pig for an early experimental version of his space rocket. But since Luthor is the one who experiments on animals in this movie, the change is appropriate and understandable. You don't have to be an animal lover to enjoy the movie, but it certainly doesn't hurt. And all the super pets get their time to shine, particularly Ace, who, despite the presence of Crypto, is the de facto leader of the shelter pets. With a runtime of 1 hour and 46 minutes, DC League of Super Pets comes in a tad longer than many animated features, but as I indicated, the story is fairly meaty. Nevertheless, it is fast-paced and doesn't drag. It's rated PG for action, mild violence, language, and rude humor, but it is absolutely family-friendly and suitable for all ages. Something I like about contemporary family-friendly films is that adults will have as much fun in them as do children. No more days of the adults yawning through kid-centric movies. This movie truly has something for everyone. And as I said, it's a lot of fun. Two and a half stars out of four. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. And there you have it, the official FF review of DC League of Super Pets, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Kevin Hart, and Kate McKinnon, which opened in theaters nationwide yesterday. The movie is projected to grow somewhere in the neighborhood of $22 million in its opening weekend. Now, it's time to introduce today's panel, and uh, we'll absolutely see how that works. <laughs> Joining me uh, should be, uh, let's see, who in the heck have I got here? Um, 
I should have Emily Witten. And uh, yeah, hello. All right, I've got Emily. And I should also have Black Gorbachev himself, Philip Jean Pierre. Uh, Philip, have I got you? Whoops, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, the exciting world of trying to make sure everybody is connected. How about now, Philip? Okay. All right. I don't have Philip. We will try and make this connection with him uh, as soon as we can. But uh, in the meantime, uh, you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are your community radio station. And I've just introduced everybody, so here we are. So look, um, before we actually get into uh, talking about some of those things that came out of last weekend's San Diego Comic-Con, I thought we might uh, talk a little bit about the career of David Warner. And, uh, of course, David Warner passed away uh, last week uh, for many genre fans. Uh, the question, how many lights do you see? is what you might think about when you think about this uh, tremendous performer. But he was also the voice of Rachel Ghoul on uh, Batman, the animated series. He was in Tron. He was in Star Trek VI as Chancellor Gorkun. He's, he did a whole bunch of stuff and uh, passed away. I just thought it was a shame, but uh, also uh, thought the man enjoyed a really fantastic career. And uh, what did you guys think? Jake? Well, I, uh, you know, I probably knew him best as the voice of Raj Al Ghul. Um, and, uh, yeah, I remember, you know, just religiously watching those, those episodes, uh, as a kid. And, um, it's a shame, you know, anybody, uh, uh, w when they pass and, um, you know, just being a part of that, um, that epic and super influential, important, uh, Batman cartoon is, is a big deal. So, uh, you know, sorry to see him go, and, um, you know, thanks for all the great work. Like you mentioned, you know, Titanic, Star Trek, uh, you know, everything. It's a huge career. Well, I hadn't mentioned Titanic, but that's another thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, yeah. Emily, what about you? You like David Warner's work? Well, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, sure, of course. Um, and it's interesting because I was thinking, you know, what, what do I remember him from? And, of course, uh, one of the things that I remember him from, which is sort of supernatural, but not in the vein of some of the other things we're talking about, is he was in A Christmas Carol as Bob Cratchit. Um, and uh, maybe it's because it was like, what was it? I think 1984 when it came out. Um, and I was a young child, but I remember that as well. And I really enjoyed his turn as Bob Cratchit. Um, I think he was playing opposite George C. Scott. Um, so, uh, you know, it's interesting because I definitely remember him from a number of things, but that's one that sticks in my mind. Okay, I got you. Well, uh, it was a it was a great tragedy uh, for him to be lost, and I'm sure he will live on through his various pieces of work that we will all get to enjoy. And uh, I'm I'm still just seeing only four lights, but uh, I I you know I, I it's it's so hard with a performer of his stature. Uh, to say one thing that stands out or another. I mean, I, I was getting ready to sit here and say, yeah, but, you know, it's that four lights thing that's going to stand out for me. But not really. I mean, honestly, 
I, I, I loved him as the voice of Raish in Star and uh, sorry Batman the animated series. I loved him in Tron. I mean, I, I I liked him in Titanic. I mean, I've liked him in everything that I've seen him, and uh, I can't say that any one particular performance meant more to me than some other. You know. So anyway, David Warner gone too soon. But um, Emily. You were yeah. actually at San Diego and, uh, you know, had a chance to see some of this stuff up close. Um, eh, although I know you were also uh, busy promoting the underfoot while you were there and uh, selling mm-hmm. stuff. And, uh, you know, but I, I'm assuming that you got a chance to get into Hall H and see some of that stuff while you were there. Well, I went into Ballroom 20. Uh, silly story about Hall H is I would have had the opportunity to slip right in there. I could have gotten a pass, and I forgot to uh, text the person I should have. But, oh, no. uh, but I did I did go into Ballroom 20 for three panels in a row because uh, – now, I'm not going to say I'm not super interested in uh, National Treasure, the TV show, because I do think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I enjoyed that panel. But it was uh, sandwiched between um, – the panel for Ghosts, the CBS Paramount Plus TV show Ghosts, which I really love, and the panel for Severance, the Apple TV Plus show that I really love, that uh, if I haven't mentioned it to you, I'm sure I've mentioned it to a million other people, was filmed partially in my hometown in the building my dad used to work in for like 20 plus years. So You uh, did mention that. But I was going to say, I'm sure I've told you because I think it's so fascinating. But yeah, they, I, I saw the Ghost panel and the Severance panel and the National Treasure TV show panel, and all were really fun. I'm very excited for the second season of Ghost, where we learn more about the character Alberta's uh, murder, and we get to know more about Sass's background and uh, apparently a tree on the property that's very precious to him or has a lot of sentimental value or something to that effect. We'll figure it out. We're apparently maybe going to see more of the Ghost powers because... Each of them has a special thing they can do, and we only know some of them to date. And mm-hmm. um, you know, there were a lot of other really interesting little bits that we might that we might hear about. But also, they went through uh, the casting process for some of them, and I loved some of the. It was so funny, like you know, um, uh, um, the one who plays Isaac, Brandon Scott Jones. I hope I'm getting that right. Uh, said that he thought his audition went terribly and went to Nate. All the Taco Bell, like $30 worth of Taco Bell. That's how much Taco Bell, because I was so depressed. <laughs> I thought that was like really funny. And, of course, he's amazing in the show. Um, and then the Severance panel was great. Uh, now, Ben Stiller did shout out my hometown, so I appreciated that, uh, as finding that building was kind of one of the things that really set the tone for the show. But um, it was great to hear everyone talking about it. I thought Dijon Lachman, it was really interesting. She was in Dollhouse and played a character who kind of switched on and off. And not to spoil too much about Severance, but I thought it was fascinating that she was uh, reprising some sort of similar thing for a part of the show. Um, And I got to go to the activations for both of those. So out on the properties, when you're not in the convention hall or the panel room, some of the shows and movies do uh, activities or experiences that they call activations. And Mm -hmm. Ghost had activities that were set up like the character Pete's uh, Pinecone Troopers kind of Boy Scout troop, or, or I think it's boys and girls in Pine Scout Troopers. Um, so like the scout troop uh, setting that um, that Pete would have had, and you could shoot 
like uh, suction cup arrows, and you could get your palm read and tarot card readings. It was really fun. And then Severance had the coolest, creepiest setup. It felt like you were in the show. They did an amazing, amazing job. And I got pulled into the break room, which, again, I don't want to spoil too much, but it was super uncomfortable and creepy being in the break room. Um, they had actors acting out. Hey, Emily, I, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole on that no, no, specific that stuff. But, I just mm. wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to share. That was an amazing activation. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, and and, I, I and, saw a ton of other stuff. Yeah, and being there is always really, I mean, obviously a lot more fun. Hey, so, Jake... Um, what in terms of stuff that came out of the actual event? I mean, I'm assuming that you were at least paying uh, half paying attention oh, yeah. to all that yeah. stuff, and mm -hmm. there were new. I mean, especially last Saturday, there were new announcements like every couple of hours yeah, about different stuff. Yeah, you know, was there anything stood up stood out for you in terms of uh, what came out of the yeah? Well, the con? I gotta say, I um, I'm really looking. I mean, I haven't been the biggest fan of the the Disney Plus Marvel shows. It's not to say I there isn't something each of the shows that i've enjoyed um i've just felt a little underwhelmed but i gotta say um i'm really looking forward to the she-hulk show um and I, the latest trailer that dropped i think really captured um what i've loved in the comic books with jennifer walters you know there's that little moment where she breaks the fourth wall which is great i mean the, the stuff that john byrne did with her um with breaking the fourth wall and uh, it was really really entertaining and really kind of you know, it's, breaking the fourth wall is not the most unique thing in comics, but the way that she would handle it and deal with it was really, really funny. And John Byrne had a lot of fun with it. Um, and I've just enjoyed, you know, the dance slot run and then the current, uh, is it Rainbow uh, Royale? Her run is fantastic. So that that show and that trailer really won me over um, with, especially with Tatiana Maslany, like her kind of voice and mannerisms. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to that show. That was probably the biggest thing uh, to come out of the of the whole thing that I just, I'm really looking forward to that show. I'm a huge fan of that character. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. Well, and you mentioned... I gotta it. say, as an mm -hmm. attorney, I agree. Oh, good. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you're, you're, that, yeah that's no, true, it, too. It yeah. looks fantastic. There were so many announcements, so much cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I've been looking forward to that She-Hulk show also. I mean, at least partly because now after Ms. Marvel, that's like the next big Marvel show to yes. come along, mm -hmm. you know, starting uh, in about another two weeks. And uh, I, I haven't I haven't read as much contemporary She-Hulk stuff, mm -hmm. but you mentioned that Dan Slott run yeah. and uh, another panelist, Shireen uh, Nicole, who's who's on the show frequently, uh, is a huge She-Hulk fan and, and, and has spoke very highly of Dan Slott's work yes. on that particular character. Mm -hmm. And I, I also noted, because people have deconstructed like every trailer that has come out of Comic-Con, and uh, it looks as if... Um, uh, oh, who is it? Uh, Leapfrog is going to be in this show. Uh, but, you know, longtime uh, Daredevil enemy. Uh, also, the Wrecking Crew apparently are in this show. And uh, I was just real tickled after looking at the uh, trailer because you got Bruce Banner Hulk. Yeah. And he's like trying to train her, but it looks like she's. Doing pretty well. well I mean, yeah, and th that, that's the great thing about She-Hulk, too, is that she has she's always kind of had the great personality where, you know, Hulk has kind of gone from what they call, I guess, Professor Hulk and then kind of the classic kind of more grunting mm -hmm. and just angry Hulk. And, and Jennifer... Mr. Fix-It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Jennifer Walters just has such a, like, just a great uh, uh, kind of in-your-face personality that I'm telling you, like, I, I went back and I read uh, some of the John Byrne stuff, which... 
um, mm. I guess is kind of seen as the kind of the classic She-Hulk run. And she's got like the big John Byrne hair too, which I love, <laughs> like just that big 80s hair. Um, I- I'm telling you, like it's, I- I'm really, really excited for it. And I think Tatiana Maslany, but when they, when they cast her, I'd kind of been dream casting She-Hulk for years and they announced it or thinking about it. When they, when they dropped her name, I was like, oh yeah, of course. That's perfect. Like, she's how, so good. How have I not, yeah, how have I not thought of Tatiana Maslany? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Mm, mm. Um, okay, I, 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 I don't want to go down the rabbit hole on that. I am curious as to, you know, since you've been doing this dream casting, <laughs> yeah. who else you kind of liked? Ah, hell, I'm going to ask you, who else did you kind of like? <laughs> well, well, it's funny because one of the big ones that I, I, I thought would have been perfect too, and she's she has kind of the Tatiana Maslany quality, was Jane Levy. Um, hmm. Do you know, uh, she, I guess, uh, she's in Suburgatory. Uh, that was a big show. She was uh, in uh, Mia in the Evil Dead reboot, which is an awesome, awesome uh, reboot of the Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she has that. Uh, and then I don't remember what the... Oh, I'm going to totally blank on this now, live on the radio. But the the show that she just had, I think she got nominated um, for a Golden Globe or an Emmy for. Um, but she, yeah, she's, she's great. She was one that I definitely thought would have been... Uh, would have been absolutely fantastic, but I, I'm I'm super happy with Tatiana Maslany for sure. Mm. So I I had been uh, well I, I I scratched my head a little bit behind that again because Shireen is such a big fan of the character. She'd mentioned Frankie Adams, who okay. you might have seen on um, what is it uh, the that Amazon show uh, The Expanse mm, okay. The Expanse, and um, you know I I couldn't argue with that. I didn't have anybody in mind, and I always I'm a big believer in screen testing now, so. Um, one of the well, uh, there was a whole bunch of stuff uh, for me that came out. Although I have noted that there has been a lot of interest in the Wakanda Forever trailer, and I, I mean, I, I'm I'm not going to say that that was a passing thing for me. I was um, absolutely more interested in a lot of other stuff. But what I have come to recognize. Uh, behind that in particular is that there seem to be two two schools of thought on the Black Panther. And uh, it comes down to whether or not you were one of the people who was introduced to the character via the films or whether or not you had some previous awareness of the character before the films because a lot of people who were introduced to this character by the performance of Chadwick Boseman seem to be overwhelmingly for eliminating the character altogether and people who had been familiar with the Black Panther before the casting of Chadwick Boseman seem to be more in favor of recasting the character. And um, when we come back for the second part of the show, I'm going to want to talk a little bit more about that because I can see, I, I mean, it was it was a great tragedy, that guy passing away at such a young age. He was such a stellar talent, but the character is bigger than any one performer. And I don't believe that it would be a fitting tribute to him at all to retire the character simply because of his untimely death. So that's my two cents, and I'm going to want to find out what everybody else thinks when we come back. But, of course, Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM here in Arlington, Virginia. 
We're a community radio station. We're non-commercial. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, sponsors, and listeners like you for the totality of the operation of the radio station. Please make it your business to visit the website at WERA.FM or that of our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media, at ArlingtonMedia.org. Find out how you can make your tax-deductible gift in support of community media, community radio today. So um, we've got a lot more that we need to do, and I still got to find out if I can connect uh, Philip in this show. Uh, So we're going to take a short break, but we will be right back. Yeah, pretty quick. Two shakes, basically. Stay tuned. And we're back here on the Fantastic Forum at WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM, Radio Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined here today by Emily Witten, Jake Bozek, and, yes, we do have Philip Jean-Pierre. We have been able to connect with him, and I am so excited. So, when we took the break... I had been saying about uh, how I had noted that there was a mixed response to the Wakanda Forever trailer that came out of last week's San Diego Comic-Con. And Philip, since we have just got you on, um, well actually first, let me ask you, uh, of the various news and trailers and information and all that stuff to come out of San Diego. Uh, was there anything that stood out in particular for you? Um, honestly, it stood out. What did you take? Obviously, the Wakanda Forever trailer was the one I was most expecting. But the most surprising one really was uh, Daredevil Reborn. 18 episodes dedicated to that storyline. I was genuinely surprised. They like they were going all that going in that hard with Daredevil and Matt Murdock. So that was the one. That was my biggest surprise. But the one that I was most elated to see was the Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer. Okay, so mm-hmm. I had I had posed the question because it seems to me that there are two schools of thought regarding. Black Panther and mm-hmm. I think you can kind of narrow them down to the audience and the various ways that people were introduced I was saying that uh, people who were introduced to the character through Chadwick Boseman's performance they seem to want the character retired now that uh, we have had the tragic death of uh, Boseman and then mm-hmm. there are people like myself who have been interested in the Black Panther since Practically since his debut in the Fantastic Four <laughs> decades ago, exactly. and uh, hanging on the incredible work of Don McGregor and um, Billy Graham uh, in Jungle Action, uh, Black Panther's first solo series, and I am absolutely one of these folks who says recast the character. But I'm curious because you know uh, uh, there was again there was so much to come out of the convention, and. When I started paying attention to some of it, there was a whole lot of stuff about 
this particular issue. So I'd just like to take a couple of minutes and uh, kind of find out where folks are coming down on this. And uh, since you are, <laughs> since we just connected with you, Philip, uh, let's find out. I mean, you, you said where you were, but let's elaborate yeah, I mean, on that. So, I mean, I'm on the same page with you, Ulysses. Um, I like, if, like, even Chadwick Boseman admitted to it that he wanted people to love the character of Black Panther. Like, he didn't want him, he didn't want in his eyes to be the Black Panther. Like, I think that held a lot of, that held, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong, like, recasting him would be difficult. Um, but even I was like, okay, fine, if you're not going to cast him, then you gotta, you gotta come correct with it and explain it in a story that justifies it and then basically kind of, and like I said, I will let this movie explain that to me. Because in my heart, like I said, Black Panther T'Challa is the story. It's not Black Panther Chadwick Boseman, in my opinion. Like I, like, I understand everybody's feelings about it. But by and large, it's still Black Panther T'Challa, not Black Panther Chadwick Boseman. So, I, I mean, I understand everyone's feelings on it, but I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that, that's, that's the gig. Like, that's, that's, that's how the genre works. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, think about it with Christopher Reeve. I love Christopher Reeve as Superman. But I think after he passed, them trying to find someone to like replace Christopher Reeve because they had so tied it in, tied him into Superman, in a, in a long run, kind of did a little bit of disservice to the character um, that DC created. Because then it became less about the character and more about the actor portrayed. And if you're going to go that route, then honestly, you can't like you can't do that if you expect your franchise, quote unquote franchise, to live. You just can't. Mm-hmm. Well, well, my daughter actually made a very interesting observation in that the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There are all these actors who are associated with these various characters now. I mean, and to where you think about Iron Man, and people think about Robert Downey Jr., and you think about Captain America, people think about Chris Evans. And Mm -hmm. it seems as if Marvel is willing to age some of these characters out or phase them out. I mean, it seems that we will have no more Iron Man uh, because... Mm -hmm. Robert Downey Jr. is done with it. Uh, ditto with Captain America. You know, yeah. so um, I'm and I'm just. I mean, I, I again, this stuff is modern day mythology, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, particularly as an African American with the Black Panther, I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, just a second here. It's like you mean to tell me you want the Black Panther to be a second class citizen to Superman and Batman, who have had you know, literally. A dozen people play each one of them in a variety of movies and TV shows, and this African-American character isn't going to get the same thing, you know, because of some misguided notion on the part of some fans that an appropriate uh, memorial would be to retire the character. And the Black Panther didn't die. Chadwick Boseman died, and that was a tragedy. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, yeah. Anyway, but I'm, I'm curious, because, uh, Jake, you're a huge fan of comics yes what, what, what do you think about this well you know it's interesting because when it's come to recasting characters in the past superman batman spider-man whatnot um it's ne- well i mean I'm, I'm, there might be an, an instance of this but the tragedy of chadwick boseman dying you know so young and then dying um 
in the middle of this universe, you know, where there wasn't mm. an end to the character. So, and like you said, you know, with Robert Downey Jr., with Chris Evans, it's interesting because even in superhero movies in the past, you know, you would just recast and kind of start or reboot or James Bond. I mean, look how many James Bond actors there have been, you know, through the era. Um, I think with Black Panther, I think especially because of the instance that we're in with um, kind of how young and tragic the whole thing is, I think the idea of him, of this movie dealing with the death of Black Panther is interesting and I, I'm I'm okay with this in the movie because it's so kind of uncharted territory for what this universe is dealing with but I think also the idea is you know this is kind of a cop-out answer but I think also the idea of bringing Black Panther back is super important and you know I've heard you know rumors about you know we're dealing with the multiverse and you know a way of bringing the Black Panther back is you, you know we could open a multiverse and have a, another Black Panther show up and and have to kind of um, uh, prove himself to to our Wakanda or you know the MCU Wakanda, and also you know if they're doing the secret, secret Wars, whether it's the the classic '80s one or the more modern one, especially you know you got to have Black Panther and Namor team up, you know. <laughs> um, and so, but anyway, besides that, I, I think what especially with Ryan Coogler's doing, I mean, even with like Heath Ledger and the Joker, you know that 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 mm. movie, you know, that was the last of that trilogy, and then they were able to kind of have their own universe and keep the Joker going. You know, if you can keep the Joker going, you can definitely keep the Black Panther going, you know? <laughs> and um, I, I think what they're doing, and, you know, we'll see and how powerful the trailer was, but I think what they're doing with having, dealing with the MCU or the 616 death of Black Panther is really interesting. I think it'll make for a really moving experience, especially because I, I just trust Ryan Coogler and his movies. Um, but then going forth, I think it's I think it'll be really important. And I think um, definitely it'd be unfair not to bring, bring the Black Panther back. Mm. And so, mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. I'm trying to have some trust because obviously there's what they got to say because the movie made a lot of money domestically uh, as opposed to uh, some of the other films that they've done. And I mean, almost all of Black Panther's gate came from the domestic market. And, you know, people's people's grandmothers who had no idea about Marvel was going to see this movie. So I'm hoping that I can trust Kevin Feige and Ryan Coogler to do the right thing here, but I'm just not sure. Em, what do you think? Uh, I've got a lot of thoughts on this, but I'll try to distill them down. So, I mean, when, when he first, when Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman first passed away, I saw people saying, oh, no, there should never be another Black Panther. And I thought, that's insane. That's ridiculous. Did anyone ever watch a video of him surprising kids and the joy he got out of being the Black Panther and what it meant to these children? And, I mean, that's just a tiny example of, like, that person, I never knew him, but I don't think he would have wanted the character to be retired so mm -hmm. I, I always thought, Marvel, handle it respectfully. And that doesn't mean retiring Black Panther. That means making it make sense in the world Marvel created, in the movie world Marvel created. So I knew Black Panther from the comics. I'm one of those people who knew him more from the movies, even though I knew him some from the comics. And I think in this case, you know, you can have the art imitate life. Chadwick Boseman passed away. He's not able to pay, play Black Panther anymore. You know, Shuri, Letitia Wright, Shuri is the sister in the comics. She would generally, I assume, be the natural successor, you know. And so why not have Shuri take over and be the Black Panther? I also saw some people online saying that either, oh, then she better have a training montage, which I think is mm. insane because she's like a pretty much full-grown adult who has been... If, if she does take over, it's because she was always supposed to take over. And so, of course, she's been training throughout her life, and we've already seen her fight. So what is this, mm -hmm. oh, this, this, you know, young woman must now have a training montage thing. 
because, of course, she never knew anything about fighting. And then somebody else was saying, you know, oh, she's so, so smart, and making her Black Panther would take away from that. And I'm going to take it full circle and say, speaking of Robert Downey Jr., when he was Sherlock Holmes, and he was extremely smart, but also an amazing fighter, why can't you have someone who's so, so smart, but also can be the Black Panther, the action hero when needed, you know, or maybe a different fighting style? That's Hmm. fine. There's nothing that says Black Panther has to fight exactly like T'Challa did in the movie. So, I mean, I think recasting to have a new Black Panther, I think explaining it in-universe, I think honoring Chadwick Boseman, you know, maybe they have something in the the after credits to, to, you know, note his contribution. They've already had stuff in it, as far as I remember. I think that's all fine, and people are so worked up over something. It's like, let them tell the story. The story in the movies, because it's different from the story in the comics, and sometimes that's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, a couple of things that you said that I want to respond to, and I appreciate you because you have changed my mind now. I'm like, nah, I mean, you know, sure, he actually <laughs> did become the Black Panther in the comics at one point, and, mm-hmm. uh, but that was a different Shuri. This Shuri, she don't look like she could fight, and at one point in that first Black Panther movie, uh, you know, when they're like, are there any other challengers, and she kind of raises her head, and she's like, let's get out of here because I'm tired of wearing this outfit. And everybody's looking like, you go fight your brother? Oh, my God. You know, because she's smart, but you didn't get the feeling that she necessarily could fight. But based on what you said, maybe she can fight. Maybe she has been traded all this time. And that's perfectly I mean, maybe acceptable. maybe she has a different style. And also, maybe if her brother dies in the movie universe, maybe she becomes a little more serious about mm-hmm. those responsibilities and changes yeah. how she looks at you know, her her role in her country. That's entirely possible. That's true. You know, the only other thing that I want to say about this is, and this is the part that really bothers me, because, and honestly, this has bothered me any time, like when they killed Captain America at the conclusion of Civil War. I mean, a sniper shoots him. I'm like, how many times over the years have we seen this man avoid a sniper? Come on, it's like, you're supposed to see the glint of the, 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 you know, the scope or whatever. I mean, it was just crazy. So, my question is, if you're going to kill him, how are you going to kill him? Who killed him? What the heck happened? How do you justify somehow this man dying? I mean, I just don't see it. This is the part, yeah, this is the part where we have to see what Marvel's going to do with it. And this is the part where if you're going to get mad, wait for the movie, see what happens. And then if you just like it, you're going to do a I mean, I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Phil. Mm-hmm. I'd have been perfectly happy if they aren't vived it. Just yes. Legitimately aren't vived it. I thought about that. Me too. <laughs> don't even, don't even discuss the change. Just say it off camera, whatever. But just aren't vivid. It's like you find someone who's comparable, someone who's respectful and understands the role, and that's what you do. Because, like I said, like the, like the saying goes, no one, no one person is bigger than that role. Like. It's not like I said. You can mention you can mention Batman and Superman, but tell the truth. Black Panther is a little bit higher on that echelon, and it was about Black Panther, not Chadwick. Who? Don't get me wrong. The man was great. Do not get me wrong. Like I, I enjoyed everything he was in, but even he has to admit he's an actor. Yeah, I mean, and personally, yeah. I think the the most fitting tribute to Chadwick Boseman would be to allow the character to live on. I mean, you find another actor, you know, and and give them the opportunity to make that role their own. 
So no, I it's it's reasonable it's, as well. Yeah, I, and unfortunately, I feel like social media kind of ruins the ability to just kind of slip a new actor in there and be like, oh, there it is. <laughs> people will talk 100, about it endlessly, like we are 100%. now. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Well, it's already happening. I mean, you got people out there saying they're gonna boycott the movie mm. if the role oh, is so recast, and you got people out there saying they're gonna boycott it if it isn't recast. Yeah. And I mean, it's just it. It's a thing. But um, I think people don't have enough excitement in their lives. I think go out, and, go out and volunteer somewhere. Go take a walk. You know, like if you're gonna be that upset about it before it even happens, like. I can look at something and say, no, I'm not going to do it, but it's not going to take over my life, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Emily, I'm you are fortunate you have a life. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, yeah, Philip, what were you getting ready to say? <laughs> Keep in mind also, I have literally equated the Marvel f- fandom in two categories. There are the people who read the comics and understand comics are not permanent. Like, by and large, are not permanent, so when the story flips, or some gets retconned, you get annoyed, but at the very least, you know what's And then there's people who came in just on the movie. And this is not to be not to be said as an insult, but they seem to forget that comics are, are a very uh, transient, ephemeral uh, medium. So, yeah, so Chadwick can die if you can replace him. But honestly, replacing, replacing Tony Stark um, does not bother me at all. Like, as long yeah, as... Yeah, I want to make one caveat to that. Mm-hmm. I just, I just wanted to say, superhero comics are transient. We're looking at, yeah. we're looking at superhero comics here, because other kinds of comics, if you were trying to replace somebody, it might be a different story. But yeah, for sure, for sure. as someone who doesn't write superhero comics, <laughs> well, you know, and and yeah, I think it depends absolutely. on the comic, though. I mean, because they haven't had any occasion to have to replace Archie or anything <laughs> like that, you know. True. But I mean, True. and and those those there is some stand power, and, and shockingly. Yeah. You know some uh, uh, well. I've seen a whole bunch. Well, I shoot. I this is crazy. I can't think of the word, but I, I've seen a whole bunch of different stuff with these Archie characters. I mean, Archie, mm-hmm. uh, Archie and Star Trek, Archie and horror. Yeah. You know, Archie. I mean, all kinds. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, as like the sh- school chaperone at a dance or whatever. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they had to do something with him. They couldn't leave him exactly the same forever. So, but he, but he's not replaced. I guess well, that was that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's true. That's true. So, um, anyway, but look, uh, it, we, we kind of went down. Uh, I'm loving talking about going down this rabbit hole, but because uh, the other thing, uh, actually, what I was kind of excited about is some of that DC stuff. I mean, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and Black Adam. Yeah. More so, Black Adam because. Uh, you know, Dwayne Dwayne the Rock Johnson is just so hyped about doing this thing, and I'm actually pretty excited about seeing the Justice Society of America, particularly Doctor Fate. You know, I'm like, whoa, Pierce Brosnan as yes. Doctor Fate. That seems that like an inspired bit of casting yeah. to me. Absolutely. In my, in my head, I am less excited about Black Adam and more excited about the Justice Society. As a whole, <laughs> yeah. Because, because I, I like, don't even know. Like, I understand the Black Adam thing, but to see the Justice Society in view, like created the way they're supposed to look, that gets me. Get, I am so hyped to see what they do. Yeah, Hawkman, uh, Hawkman. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's I'm, I'm, I, like I got to say, I am also. Yeah, I'm very interested in Black Adam purely because I absolutely love The Rock and the Jumanji movies. Like, surprise, <laughs> he's really, really good. <laughs> so, 
I want to see what he does with Black Adam because I did not expect to like him in those movies, and I was like, wow, I love these movies. They the first one made me laugh so hard. The second one was also very good, but that first one. Darn, that movie was so good. Audiences That's never seem to tire of the affable former pro wrestler. I wrote that <laughs> in a review a while back. I was like, love that. You know? Well, also, I can't... It's, it's- baffling but not him and john cena too john cena's great <laughs> mm, yeah that's true wait uh jake what were well, you no, gonna i say? was just gonna say i remember seeing the trailer for black adam in the theaters and like there's adam smasher running across the screen and i was mm. like we live in a world where adam smasher <laughs> is in a major motion picture like i wanted to stand up and applaud you know like adam smasher um exactly and then like and, and hawkman i mean like i said uh, you know I, I i'm with you guys like I, i'm all in but really for the justice society stuff like i, I mm-hmm. hawkman's one of my all-time favorite characters as well mm. um but yeah, and then you know, you know, I know it's he's more than just James Bond, but James Bond is <laughs> as Doctor Fate. Yeah. I mean, with the goatee and everything. I mean, he looks awesome. I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how they play with the kind of mysticism of the DC universe outside mm-hmm. of what Marvel's doing with Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really yeah, curious to see how they're gonna play with that. Throw in mm-hmm. some love for mm-hmm. Shazam because I mm-hmm. do love Zach Levi as uh, as um, Philly, and I just I just. I don't know. He brings such joy to that character and that role, and I really do want to see what happens with the next one. So uh, I'm excited. I mean, Shazam. I mean, even as a kid, as much as I like the comics were fun, but he didn't really grab mm-hmm. me. But I got it. And this is going back to um, Black Adam. The only thing that would have made that trailer a little bit better is the Golden Age Sandman just showed up. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, right speaking of that, Sandman, right. you guys. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, that's right. coming that, out too. That looks really interesting i i want to see how i'm one of those people when it comes to the adaptations of neil gaiman and terry pratchett i am cautious i am cautious and Mm -hmm. Neil's behind this one you know so i mean like whatever else it is it's going to be something that hopefully theoretically he's happy with um but i'm really interested to see how it goes yeah i want to see delirium too yeah but going back to um um yuli's original comment yeah shazam is kind of it's hit or miss with me just because I don't, I don't feel like they do a, they don't do a thing like, like they should with it just because it's such a, Shazam is such a bizarre role. And I'm going to say this, and this is going to sound critical. Lee, Zachary Levi does a good job as a kid, but there is a certain point in the Shazam mythos that while I'm watching the trailer, my first thought is, is and I, this is going to sound weird, he's a little bit too infantile. <laughs> I know, I know, right? There's something about him like, He's a little too. That's interesting. Yeah. For my like, like even with the wisdom of Solomon, there should be a little bit more. I don't know. <laughs> A little bit more something. No, I like take your point. Yeah, I, I do too. Yeah. Well, the character mm-hmm. suffers from uh, <laughs> actually some legal issues, mm. you know, and uh, the mm-hmm. fact that they can't. I mean, well, in 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 comic, they can refer to him as Captain Marvel, but he can't have a book, Captain Marvel, yeah. and yeah. which is messed up because uh, the original conception of mm-hmm. Captain Marvel and Billy Batson, they were two different people. I mean, yeah, they used I mean, to buy each other Christmas presents and stuff yes. like that, you know. <laughs> it was so like, great. Yeah, so the idea that, you know, the, the Shazam Captain Marvel character is just Billy as an adult, that's a, that's a pretty serious departure from the original mm-hmm. conception of what this thing was. And even when they did uh, the character on Saturday morning TV, you know, that filmation mm-hmm. thing, again, yeah. it was like they were two different people. It was always, oh, wow, you know, so, and, and hey, I, I understand. Understand 
what happened and you know when they did that stuff and you know the Shazam family and all of that but it really makes you wish that somebody over at DC had been freaking paying attention and when that copyright lapsed they didn't let Marvel run out you know and be like those lawyers what were they thinking (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness but uh, yeah anyway look uh, we're out of time for this episode. The hour goes so quick. I'd like to thank my panelists and you, too, for tuning in. Of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show, and you can check that out if you go to the website at fantasticforum.tv. We have actually got complete episodes of the show. We've got segments broken out for your convenience. Uh, fantasticforum.tv check it out the show is also well this show is available as a podcast thanks to our friends over at the great geek refuge you can find it on all the platforms where you download your favorite podcasts download us take us with you enjoy episodes of the fantastic forum radio show at your leisure at your convenience and the show re-airs here on WERA each and every Wednesday afternoon from 3 to 4 p.m. right here on WERA 96.7 FM or streaming via WERA.FM. And, of course, the show is in first run each and every Saturday from 4 to 5. And we hope you join us again next week. Same bat time, same bat station. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, people.